Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at audible.com. If you use our custom URL at audibletrial.com slash comicpop, you will get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. You can get over 180,000 titles that you can download onto your phone, either i or Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Use that custom URL of audibletrial.com slash comicpop and get yourself a 30-day free trial and one free audiobook download audibletrial.com slash comic pop. Alright, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Pay no attention to the two comic nerds behind the curtain. No, pay every attention. Pay all the attention to these two comic book nerds. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal, and with me, as always, is Joel from Cape Joel. You can find him in the description box below this video, or if you're listening to this on the podcasts, you can always check the description of this episode, and it will link you over to his channel. Uh, yes, but, but please do. Please find me. I hit 7K not too long woo! ago. We are but humble YouTubers as well as podcasters, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, we are the... The comic book nerdy fans who like to talk about everything but comic books on this channel, it seems. Uh, And in this episode, we're going to be talking about abandoned superhero movie sequels. Oh, boy. I Uh, I know that might seem weird to the rest of you youngins out there who make up our fan base, but did you know sometimes they didn't make superhero movies? Sometimes (laughs) they came close and decided, nah, nah. Or sometimes they made a superhero movie and then they thought, well, that sucked, moving on. But when it comes to making movies... There's, it's not just like, well, I guess I'll just draw this and then, nope, you have to, you have thousands of people who are working all across the planet, who are working on different facets of the thing, and the lines of communication either get crossed, or they don't get established, or nobody chooses to establish them in any way, and so as such, things get done before they get a chance to find out that the damn thing is over. And, uh, so we're going to talk about a couple of those movies that have already probably been rebooted, uh, that we're going to get sequels to the point where we've seen concept art or, oh, uh, yes. you know, God willing, costumes. and uh, Some of these were pretty far along. Yeah, at the very least, we have some scripts for some of these. Uh, but let's talk about some of these abandoned sequels. The first one I want to talk about is just one that really needed to be abandoned, and I'm kind of amazed that there was even planning for it whatsoever, and that would be Ang Lee's Hulk from 2003. I'm amazed amazed that Ang Lee even made one Hulk movie. I'm amazed that that's something he would even sort of be interested in, because wasn't he like a fancy artsy director? He was a fancy artsy director. He made Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and the dude was kind of a... For me, he was kind of like an M. Night Shyamalan in that... When he first came on the scene, and they were like, Ang Lee's doing this. People were like, holy shit, he's awesome. Then he made Hulk. Yep. And And uh, then suddenly we're like, you know what, maybe we got the wrong impression of you, Mr. Lee. Yeah, maybe we got the wrong impression here. Uh, Ang Lee did a Hulk movie, for those of you who didn't watch it. uh, Starring Eric Bana, which sounds a little like Bruce Bruce Banner. Uh, Eric Bana did a good job. By the way, just as a quick aside... The Hulk movie had a lot wrong with it, but casting, I think, wasn't one of them. It was pretty decently cast. Jennifer Connelly is a great Betty Ross, uh, but then again, like, so could 
a cardboard box <laughs> for all the characterization that people seem to give this poor person. It's true. It really is. I mean, I, she I mean, is so interesting that the, that she was dead for as long as Jean Grey until they made her Red She-Hulk. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which, by the way, Red She-Hulk was the best thing that happened to Betty Ross in the last 15 years. And it's I true, challenge and then they anyone it, to come up with a better reason. And, the, and then they took it away from her in the Duggan run. That's horseshit. That's the only thing she had going for her. I was really excited to see more of Red She-Hulk. And, up oh, gone. Well, you know, she's she's part of a crazy like doomsday group trying to keep the world safe from stuff. Yay. Yeah, pretty much. Yay. Although it wasn't just her. They took away everyone else's Hulk powers. Like, look, only Hulk and She-Hulk get to be Hulks now. I mean, like, I get it. And that kind of makes sense. And as much as like, let's not oversaturate it. But the culture had kind of established that they like the Red Hulks. Like people liked Red Hulk a lot. People he at least like, got a hell of an arc, uh, Thunderbolt Ross, where he fought to keep it. Yeah. Speaking of Thunderbolt Ross, Sam Elliott played Thunderbolt Ross. Pretty good choice. Uh, unexpected casting? Dude knocked it out of the fucking park. Yes, uh, he did. But anyway, let's talk about the sequel. This movie was garbage. It was. It, it looked really good. The CG at the time was kind of extraordinary. Uh, for me, the Absorbing Man... First of all, they ruined Absorbing Man. Yeah, but, by making him also his dad, David Banner, because yeah. they were kind of doing shit from the show, too. Yeah, really weird. But uh, but the Absorbing Man powers, like, when he... There's a moment when Nick Nolte hits his hand against this, like, metal thing, and his hand, like, sinks into it and becomes oh, it. Yeah. And I'm like, that looks fucking awesome. That was the one moment where I'm like, the CG must be good, because that moment looked so great. It, it, the movie became like a weird body horror movie for a second. And I mean, really... Nick Nolte's one of those method actors. I'm pretty sure he assumed he could actually do that in real life, and that's why yeah. it was as good as it was. Again, Nick Nolte, dude, was intense and, like, mm -hmm. loony. The Hulk dogs were a bit much, but I kind of dug his manic, I'm so right, but I've also got to, like, make these weird leaps in logic type of character. Just an interesting... It was an interesting decision... But the movie itself was just an unmitigated failure. Yes, it was. You know what annoyed me most of all? This was still at a point in comic book movies where it's like, well, we're making a comic book movie, so we should have, you know, like, comic panel dissolves and everything. That was unbelievably distracting. Yes, so it was. So terrible. What, what a bad idea. What a bad idea. There's one that, the one moment that really stood out for me for that was when the helicopter is pulling, is dragging the Hulk across the desert. And then we see four shots of a real helicopter carrying a real steel box across a blank expressionless desert. There is nothing interesting about this. Let's look at it eight different fucking ways. Screw that movie. But they were going to make a sequel, and in it, we were going to explore more of Banner's emotions, but they were going to be expressed through another Hulk, the Grey Hulk. Yeah. Which, of course, Ang Lee would have done completely wrong. Not just wrong, but like in a, in a, in a fascinatingly profound wrong a what, new what wrong were, we'd have to redefine wrong it's it's like it's one of those what were you thinking how it's 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 like it's like here's the mark and here's <laughs> the moon where you over yeah it, well it's like so what books did you read to figure out who the gray hulk was well i didn't really read a book as much as i heard someone mention gray hulk and then i came up with my own interpretation of it from my own culture just yeah. no basis for comparison 
Which, which, in fairness, I mean, American people are doing that to Asian cinema all the time. So this, this was his way to get back. That's why he yeah. wanted this project. He's like, Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it back for the Asian yeah. man. It's He's like Shocker Luther King from uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back for you other, for your other children oh. who love that movie. Oh man, Chris, right? Yeah, I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. I'm stealing it. Uh, but you, you ever seen Fat Albert? Bill Cosby drew all of those on his own. It was great. <laughs> Not necessarily a claim you want to make at this point, but yeah. No, no, you no, no, you don't. But back then, that was pretty funny. Yeah, but I would have expected an, uh, a Hulk two to literally be like Spider Man three, where you have Green Hulk and Gray Hulk, and they're at odds with each other. But no, uh. there would be not one, but two villains: the leader and Abomination. You know, both villains the Hulk has, according to pop culture. And also the villains who would be used in the Ed Norton one, a hilariously leader who they would set up for another Hulk sequel that never happened. Yes. I, you know what's funny? Uh, I was kind of disappointed that we didn't ever see a return of the leader. Yeah, like, not in anything. Not on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. not in any of the other movies, not in, like, a... I think he may have been mentioned in a tie-in comic in, like, a prelude to something. But no, no, no leader, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Although... It it was stupid, so I'm glad we didn't do it. Like that moment where he cracks his head. This is in the Incredible Hulk's movie, uh, yes. where uh, uh, he just he cracks his head and the the, the and, gamma and the, the, the juice the gamma juice pours into his down. head and then he just smiles and you're like I don't want to watch this actor do this. I, I don't want to. I've that. got brain powers now. Yeah. And, no. yet he's and yet he's still not as stupid as Hector Hammond from uh, the Green Lantern movie. Oh my God. Hector that Hammond guy, was just like, what were you doing? Poor, poor, that, that was Sarsgaard, right? He yeah. Poor, he's, a, he's a good actor. He's a great actor, and he was given a 110 in that horrible movie. He thought he thought he was being the elephant man, but he was. He's like, my emotions, look at me. <laughs> I am not a monster. And I'm like, yeah, you're just a hammy over actor. Yeah. yeah not a monster. Uh, so... Unbelievably, there was talk of a Hulk 2. Lord knows, they probably didn't even get past the script phase. I'm sure it was As just like shouldn't. a story meeting where they're like, oh, we could use this character, this character, and Grey Hulk. No, get out of my office. <laughs> <laughs> but look, guys, you know, Shrek is doing really good with those Shrek-sized M&Ms. We can have Hulk-sized M&Ms and oh slushies as tie-ins. Yeah. Uh, one that I'm kind of, I kind of wish they made was Batman 5. Oh, yes. Batman Triumphant. Batman Triumphant. Continuing the trend of uh, tattoo-themed Batman names. Yep. Batman Returns, Batman Forever, uh, Batman and Robin, and Batman Triumphant. This one would have seen uh, the villainous Scarecrow appear for the first two minutes, and then the as movie a, becomes... As a college uh, professor... Yep. Dick Which, Grayson's college professor, supposedly played by uh, by Jeff Goldblum. By they Jeff were Goldblum, because at... he was popular back then, and that's what you do oh. in Batman movies. You oh, take the most popular actor. Fear, fear, oh, fear, fear. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh, well, Batman, uh -huh. that uh, that that's, it seems very interesting to me. But uh, how about Squish Fear Gas? Uh, gotcha. Ah, uh, 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 chaos theory. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, there it is. Fear. <laughs> See, I that would be worth the price of admission just for that shit. Yes, I, I would have loved to have seen, like, Independence Day level Jeff Goldblum, just Look. Jeff Goldblum the crap out of a Batman movie in a in a <laughs> in a really shitty Scarecrow costume because you a, know it would have been oh, yeah. Schumacher the hell out of it because Schumacher was attached to direct it. 
He was. This was this was going to be the follow up to Batman and Robin. This was him very much still in the driver's seat. And by the way, he also Schumacher, that is to say, promised that Triumphant was going to be his apology movie. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I got it wrong. Fuck you, buddy. You did two Batman movies. They're both unwatchably bad, unless you're making fun of them, and that's why there, you're watching them. Th- th- there's some campy fun to be had in them. And there's a there lot is... of talk about the uh, Batman Forever extended cut, which apparently had a much more serious B-plot. But it was also shot like a circus promotional video and had, like, more neon in it than the 1990s. <laughs> like, I remember kind of being jazzed about Batman Returns. I remember thinking it was kind of weird, but I liked the darkness. Uh, and then going in the theater to see Batman Forever and being very disappointed. <laughs> it's, Just it's, being like, oh, this is not what I signed up for. Uh, th- th- what the crap is happening with Two-Face? And his, and his pink light-up face, because every time they show his face, mm-hmm. they throw a, a colored spotlight on it. Yep. Watch it and take a look again. And, of course, Jim Carrey's 1960s Batman costume Riddler oh, yes. outfit. <laughs> was uh, that Tiff in the background? That was agreeing. Tiffany playing Overwatch. So oh, I thought that was her agreeing with the. Yeah, Jim I wish. Carrier. No, no, no. She was keep, like, "Yeah, fuck. keep an ear out for <laughs> Tiffany playing Overwatch in the background of these shows." Uh, but we would have also seen. Oh, so so Schumacher wants to apologize for making two movies that he had every decision-making capability in. He, he had every. He had, he had every finger on every button in that in those two movies, and then he's like, "Oh no, uh, what I really meant to do was this." Hey, you know what? They they told him to make a toy commercial, and he made one hell of a toy commercial. He made two toy commercials. Uh, that last one, though, it's funny. Batman and Robin, I didn't even see until maybe two years ago. Because I was really? like, no, I know what happens. It looks like the worst thing ever. I saw the last one, and this one's worse than the last one? No, thank you. You know, it's uh, it's funny. Whenever people say, oh, you know, Schumacher's such a bad director, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, look. He's a great director. Even- Oh, he's a great director, and he already made his grim urban vigilante movie. It was called Falling Down. Yeah, Falling Down is so good. Yes, it is. So for those of you youngins out there in the audience who want to see the Batman and Robin guy, the bat nipple, bat butt guy actually do a grim, like, urban revenge sort of vigilante movie, y'all need to go see Falling Down. That's your homework, everybody. If you ever want to imagine Michael Douglas as J. Jonah Jameson... Yeah, watch Falling Down because I was like Michael Douglas should pay Joe Jameson until about two thousand until about J.K. Simmons and then I'm like <laughs> never mind. You uh you see those pictures that are making the rounds right now of J.K. Simmons? Oh in yes, the gym. of Jim Gordon, G.Y.M. Lowell. By the way, what the crap? Gordon ain't jacked. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, going to say, what, why does Gordon need to be jacked? Is this like another Snyderism? It's like, no, everyone in my universe is jacked, even Jim Gordon. You, you think Jim Gordon doesn't have gains, bro? You think he can't lift, bro? <laughs> he can lift everything. He's in the police office. He's lifting desks. He's lifting yeah. evidence. It, listen, if Jim Gordon is a cool guy, that means that he can kick everyone's ass because everyone's a bro in my movie. Basically, anyone who is cool can kick someone else's ass. Now, Unless, that being said, now maybe J.K. Simmons is going to be somebody who needs to be jacked in like a little really cool movie before Justice League. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm guessing. My guess is that he's just getting jacked for something else, for, and he's for like Whiplash Two, where he yells even more. Yeah, he's like, I got, I got buff from beating the hell out of little kids. 
<laughs> but that's okay because the kid he was slapping the shit out of was uh, was Miles Teller from that terrible fan four stick movie, so, so it's fine. That works out. He's he's the real hero of that film. You think he's a <laughs> maniac, but he's actually the hero of that yeah. piece. Uh, the other character that was going to appear in Batman Triumphant was the Joker's daughter, Harley yes. Quinn. Yeah, how weird, right? And it was supposedly Madonna they were looking at for that. Because why not be 10 years too late uh, yeah. to everything? But not only that, Batman Triumphant was going to be uh, Schumacher's apology movie in that he was going to make it really dark, really gritty, and he was going to take Batman through a gauntlet of his rogues galleries, who, of course, yeah. every filmmaker who made Batman movies at that time uh, intelligently murdered every major villain. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, except for the Riddler. And so Jack Nicholson was technically under contract to appear as the Joker in at least one other movie. And so, as such, the plan was to bring back Jack Nicholson, make him put all that shit back on his face, and have him haunt and dog Batman yeah. throughout his nightmare, throughout the movie, basically. I I ironically, kind of like the plot of Arkham Knight, that new Yeah, kind of cool. Isn't that funny that Arkham Knight sort of recycled this? You can say, uh-uh, Joel Schumacher was going to do it first. I mean, if you take the idea of Batman Triumphant and put it into any setting that doesn't involve bat butts and bat tits, you suddenly get yourself a cool concept, except yeah. for the idea of making Harley Quinn into Joker's daughter. That sucks. Yeah, that's weird, Which, especially because like we have a Joker's daughter character now, and she's not great. And she's not even the Joker's daughter. And she's uh, not even the Joker's daughter. The other daughter. thing is... It's funny because this also plays into the Scarecrow trope, which is Scarecrow is only interesting in as much as we use him to tell cooler stories that don't to feature get the Scarecrow. To freak out because he's just like a pencil neck nerd who can get punched out in one. I think that there is great story potential for Scarecrow. I Me have too. yet to really see any realization of that dream. Heck, even to bring it back to Arkham Knight when they started uh, touring that one around, I remember at E3, he was the villain in the trailer. They gave him an amazing redesign. They sure did. He was talking about bringing fear to the city. They, they foreshadowed that at the end of two. If you track down his little side quest, you can see his big plan. And oh no, he was a secondary villain because there was a bigger bad guy behind him. Yep, of course, as always. I mean, those Arkham sequels, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, another one that I want to throw out is Tim Burton, speaking of staying on the Batman train, before Schumacher took over, it wasn't going to be such. It was originally going to be Tim Burton was going to continue. Yeah. And Tim Burton, of course, said no to the toy commercial things and all the bullshit because they were, yeah. they were really upset. I remember that Warner Brothers was really pissed that Burton made all these movies that were just so unmarketable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they had to they famously had to recall the Happy Meal toys from his second Batman movie with the Penguin because they're like, yeah, we can't we can't sell these Danny DeVito toys because just 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 look at him, just look what he's doing in the movie. He he is oozing black liquid out of his mouth. What is that? Is he human? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> we don't know. But and it scares us. But I know that like. At least in Batman Returns, and then again for Tim Burton's Batman 3, the plan was we were going to bring in Robin. We are going to bring in the Dick Grayson Robin. But their plan was to make an African-American... Marlon Marlon Dungeons & Dragons the movie Wayans. In living color, because, you know, this is the time period we were in right now, and he was a hot commodity at this time. What's hilarious is I, for a long time, hated Marlon Wayans. Did you know that he trained to be an actor? He has legitimate education in acting. I, ju I just assumed when you come out with the name Wayans, you can just work forever as you part can. of that clan, as part of that dynasty. Dude didn't want to be, like, shit, 
So, train to be an actor. If you've ever seen Requiem for a Dream, I have seen. Requiem dude can for... act. He can. He doesn't do it a lot, but he, he doesn't. Can. He would. Well, I think the difference is you can get, you can act, or you can get paid. And Marlon Wayans, if you're checks. a Wayans, you get paid. Yeah, even if it's for white chicks. But if, but if you watch, uh, if you go back and you look for Batman Returns action figures, mm-hmm. they made a Robin figure. Did they really? They See, did. I didn't know this. And it was based off of, because I had it, uh, it was based off of the Tim Drake, uh, Neil Adams design, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it looked great. It was an awesome figure, but it was also modeled after the Marlin. script. So it's Marlon Wayans, but recolored to be a white Robin. Oh, oh no. Oh, yes. Oh no. <laughs> it was really kind of odd because... It was the first Tim Drake Robin costume action figure you could get. Uh-huh. It was under the Batman Returns labeling, so it was oh. marketed with like the with the Michael Keaton faced Batman figures, which were right. different from the DC Comics Superpowers action figures. And right, right. but and by the way, cool figure came with like it was almost 100% accurate but by the way it came with like a backpack that shot like grappling hooks or some crap because of course but uh and I had it loved it also had what I love about action figures back in the day cloth capes ah yeah they don't gotta have have the cloth cape with the little like C uh clamp that goes on the neck it's great and it black outside cape yellow interior cape just nailed Mm -hmm. it but white-faced really kind of weird kind of awkward oh, yep yep i'm looking at it right now yep that was supposed to be marlon wayne's and it's not yep and that's kind of like the last vestige that you'll see of any inkling of a tim burton batman 3 and and yet how hilarious that all these years later we actually did get duke we actually did get an african-american rob and yet again you can say Mm-mm, that was uh that was tim burton's idea first <laughs> Uh, another one really quick was uh, my one of my favorite Punisher movies until you cut all the Punisher f- footage from Daredevil Season 2 and make a movie out of it yeah. uh, was Thomas Jane's Punisher. You know, I agree with you. That's one of those weird cases where even though the movie wasn't that great because they made it for dirt cheap, sadly, yeah. I think Thomas Jane really did embody the Punisher, and I think he kind of left with the role, even though the movie wasn't doing him any favors. It's a really weird case where your main hero and your main actor is really good, but the rest of the movie can't up its game to that level. Yeah, I I love, I really kind of enjoy that movie. I kind of like that they made it on the cheap because it means they got to kind of do whatever they wanted and whether that means that they have to set it in tampa florida yeah but punisher in tampa remember all those great punisher stories based in florida (laughs) i mean yeah you could have set it in new york but you know the 1980s one was set in new york and the war zone one was set in new york and neither of those really worked out so whatever i i i I, I like war zone war zone i really don't like war zone i think we've had this conversation before i like that it's a big dumb splatter movie i like that it's basically a jason movie with punisher yeah I like the idea of playing Punisher as, like, an urban legend kind of villain, but no. I, I would rather watch the Western that I got with the Tom Jane movie. Oh, that was good. That uh, was good. But, so, all right, there was going to be a sequel to that Thomas Jane Punisher movie. There was, yeah. Uh, but it had to be slashed even more in terms of budget, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. means it was going to be set in either South Africa or Australia wow. and wow. feature Jigsaw anyway. <laughs> Because Punisher villains, uh, Punisher doesn't really have much of a rogues gallery. Because he kills them all. Yeah. 
There's, so, there's maybe only two people know. There's Jigsaw, who really only gets to be the arch nemesis by, you know... By default. He just, by he's default. the only one who didn't die. Because people know him. And then you get, like, really awesome characters like Barracuda, where it's like, wow, this guy's great, but he also gets killed. And also, oh, oh, we could never put this guy in a movie. No. Because he is, just, he, he is literally too raw and too horrifying <laughs> for a movie. Yeah. Uh, you could create like a crime family, make that kind of a theme for Punisher. But again, if Punisher is in any way effective or relevant to his character from the comics, that crime family will be no more at the end of the arc. That's that's a weird thing. Him and Jonah Hex have the same problem where it's like we don't collect villains because yeah. they're dead by the end of our story if we did our job right. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's kind of it. The fact was, uh, the movie went into a direction that Thomas Jane didn't feel comfortable, and, uh, he was attached to, I think he was attached to Warzone, but he was like, he read the script and said, fuck no, and moved on. I, am glad he had the courage of his convictions to say no, and he was in that dirty laundry short, which was a so pretty good. fun short. So good. Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny, I have my own issues with that one as well. I don't like a reluctant Punisher. Because he's yeah. like, I don't want to get involved. I'm like, fuck you. You're are compelled you, to get involved. Yeah, are you kidding me? You wouldn't even, you would be like, you wouldn't even see him. He'd be gone and he'd be doing something no. about it. If you need a scene to ever exemplify what the Punisher is, put the, just show the scene from from Daredevil season two where he goes to the pawn shop. Oh my God. That's beginning sense. to end. Just that scene. Where, where Frank's like, I got a mission, I gotta go kill these guys, here's this guy, he's gonna, he's breaking the law, but fuck him, who cares? And then the dude reveals that he has kitty porn, and he's like, now I gotta kill you too? <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a perfect moment, I remember watching that with someone, and I'm like, oh, this, this pawn shop guy is gonna push it, uh, he, he pushed it too, now you're dead, he was gonna let you go, but now you're dead. Yep, now you're dead, and I'm 100% okay with Frank. So, totally. yeah, great, uh, it, it's too bad that Thomas Jane couldn't continue, but I think yeah. that uh, Bernthal yes. nailed it. Bernthal nailed it. And, you know, Thomas Jane had a good run, too. He, he got to be in that criminally underrated PS2 game written by Jimmy Palmiotti. That's right. He got to be, uh, well, I mean, Dirty Laundry, and I mean, heck, I, even though I don't quite count it, but he, he ironically got to be Jonah Hex in that DC show game. That's right. That's <laughs> right. He's, he's, a, he's cool. I hope... There is some place for him in the MCU and some other. Capacity. It seems like it's always starts and stops with him, doesn't? Like, hey, I'm a vegan cop in uh, Scott Pilgrim. Hey, I'm <laughs> a Punisher. Oh, I'm not anymore. Hey, I'm this, but I'm not anymore. Yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of glad they didn't do this sequel. Uh, the fact was, Tampa yeah. is the lowest you go. You don't go to <laughs> South Africa after that. Just like with Ghost Rider, you don't take Ghost Rider and make this pile of shit Sony movie, and then take him to Europe. Yeah. Just Europe. How about not Europe? How about you specify it? Or how about explain why? But no. Ghost Rider's European vacation. Yeah. Stupid. I, I will say that, though. I mean, like, in that second one, when uh, just, you know, clearly Nicolas Cage didn't give a fuck anymore, and they're just like, just do whatever you want. Yep. Well, that's how he is all of a sudden. It's true, right? It's like most actors, like, you know what? I make one movie for the people, one for myself. Nicolas right. Cage, it's like, I make one movie for the people and then four movies for nobody. Yeah, I make four movies for my bank account. Yeah. Because if I make four of them, they might equal the kind of movie that I would have made about 20 years ago. Which, hey, you know what? I mean, I can't blame the dude for it. He's got a lot of ex-wives he needs to support and a lot of rare comic books he needs to buy back. <laughs> that poor son of a bitch. I feel so bad. I almost feel like... 
we could probably get Nicolas Cage to appear in a comic pop Christmas spectacular <laughs> at this point. He would scream at us, but uh, I think it'd be kind of worth it. It would be worth it. May, I, I'm sure you've heard the story. I don't know if people in the chat have this idea where it's like uh, Nicolas Cage can actually move the comic speculator market by whether or not he's in a relationship because, you know, he'll get in a relationship and then his new wife will say, you got to sell your comic collection. And he does. And then he gets divorced or leaves that woman and then he buys them all back. That poor son of a bitch. I feel so bad for him sometimes. Me too. Especially, you sell your comic book collection? That's the saddest moment when you have to yeah, sell your really. comic book collection. Mm, totally. Uh, there was going to be a sequel to the John, uh, to the, uh, what's his fucking name? Keanu Reeves, John Constantine movie. Why? Uh, but don't worry, it was going to be darker and with half the budget. This is this is what I have to say to that. You know what's funny? Uh, I kind of dug that Constantine movie. If it wasn't called Constantine, it would have been fun. It's well directed. It's well acted. The CG's cool. I liked the uh, I, I liked the overall attitude that Keanu gave to. Con it was very. If it was Sting, it would have been perfect. Yeah, I know, right? But instead, it was Keanu Reeves. And the only, the fact is, if Keanu Reeves didn't want to play Constantine, movie wouldn't have been wouldn't wouldn't have gotten made. Yeah. Uh, I also had no real problem with Shia LaBeouf in that movie. It's the only movie I can... No, Holes is the only movie I could say I had no problem with oh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh, dude, nice Holes reference. They, they, <laughs> they, uh, they made me read Holes in school twice, and I enjoyed it both times. I didn't read Holes, but Tiffany was like, Hey, Holes, we should watch this. And I'm like, sure. And then I'm like, fuck, this movie is actually pretty solid. <laughs> did Did you read the book? The, no. movie is, the movie is almost like a shot for shot of the book. That's I'm really cool. how faithful the movie is to the book. Good. I'm glad they're teaching that book. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really good for English classes. Hey, any, any prospective English teachers out there, get them to read Holes. It's a go. fun one. And you have a movie to show at the end of it. Right. Uh, but that said, that this is one of those examples of a movie where they probably didn't even have a script. Yeah. It was just, uh, what's his name? Keanu was like, I want to do this again. And they're like, well, you'd have to do half, you'd have to take a pay cut. And he's like, I'll do that. That's fine. We can make it darker <laughs> that way. And it's like, Okay, no. And that's the end of the conversation. What a, what a sad case for anyone who's played John Constantine. <laughs> even the TV show, man, this is great and so faithful to the comic one season. <laughs> now, he got folded into the CW-verse, though. He did, but they're not going to be giving him a new show or anything anytime soon. At best, he might get a chance to join the Legends. Maybe he could go join, like, Flash's show or something. That would be... Let him just hang out in Star Labs, be like, Oi, mates, I'm living in the basement now. I'm <laughs> Constantine. If they established that he was living in the basement, like, just stealing from them all day, that'd be fucking amazing. I'd, dude, there's a whole episode right there. Cisco and Caitlin are running around being like, Man, just, I mean, stuff's missing from the break room yeah. fridge. Maybe have a rat or something in the house. <laughs> And then they just go into the basement. It's like, oh, hello, I'm a Cockney wizard. Yeah. Do you smell smoke? <laughs> yeah, all day with this. Yeah. Uh, also, like, who keeps using up our Wi-Fi signal? <laughs> Isn't that something for the show? They had to keep dancing around his smoking. They're like, you could always see it in his hand. He'd always had ashtrays by him. But, but it's like, no, no, no. We can't actually have him light, light, light up no. and smoke. By the way, another thing about that Constantine movie is that it was a pretty... Okay, I'm not gonna say it's good or faithful, but adaptation of an actual Constantine of like one of the most iconic Constantine stories, probably from the Hellblazer, uh, which in which he actually does smoke all like every shot. It's called Dangerous Habits for a reason. Yeah, uh, only version we've seen where he actually does smoke, so not bad. Uh, 
They were going to make a Ninja Turtles 4 after <laughs> uh, Turtles in Time. They were going to turn into dinosaurs. That's all I have to say about that. Because, you know, we couldn't turn them into street sharks yet. Uh, I I love Ninja Turtles, the movie from 1990 or 1989. It's it's pretty solid. It I, holds up. I think it's... I think it's one of the best comic book movies made. There's a there's that great uh, Eastman Laird documentary that came out not too long ago. It's on Netflix, and they go quite into detail on how that one was made, how they got the Muppet guys to work the heads and everything. Hey, how the whole thing, yeah, how the whole thing was like a very punk rock production. Yes, is what it was, and that kind of like shows in the uh, finished product. And it's funny because that movie we're just talking about Ninja Turtles, but like that movie is. Uh... You're right. It was it was very guerrilla style of like filmmaking. Uh, they worked with the Jim Henson creature, creature Shop. Jim Henson. But, it's one of the last movies that he worked on before he I passed know, away. Right. And reportedly, uh, he regretted working on it because after yeah. it was done, he was really disappointed by how much violence was in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which is yeah. hilarious because that's one of the most faithful adaptations of the turtles I've ever seen in my life. And there is, it's great for the violence. The weapons look real heavy and real dangerous and they really use them on they, real people because they're not robots. Those foot soldiers. Best Casey Jones. It was never that good again. Was it? Cause even for the sequel, they're like, Ooh, we got to tone this down. Yeah. Oh, sequel was, they, they rushed that into production. You look at the dates I think the sequel came out a year after the movie came out. Something so like. that means they had to get that shit done in like six months. And crap, was it bad. The, the fact that it's grimy and dirty is actually a great compliment to the original independent Eastman and Laird stuff. That's right. That's right. But they were going to make a fourth. The The third one was the, by the way, Turtles in Time. Turtles 2, I was tricked. I was too young to think that it was bad. It's really bad. Super Shredder. Because the Super Shredder, I was like, that's rad. But he, F Super Shredder, he shows up and then kills himself. That's really, fun, really offensive. Fun fact about Super Shredder. You know who that was in the costume? No. Uh, famous wrestler Kevin Nash, who was all... No way! Also run that 2004 Punisher movie. Yeah, here's the thing. He, he does all the cons and everything. He says, people still ask me to this day about Super Shredder. What would they ask him? Like, was the suit heavy? Yeah, basically, what was it like? You know, how, how did you get involved in Super Shred? I was like, oh, I just needed a big jack dude. I was eight feet tall. Right? The other, <laughs> Made by, of muscle. Apropos that Super Shredder, that was the only Shredder action figure that I owned. Oh. I never liked the, like, he, the, the, ema the emaciated, like, weirdly muscular Shredder. I have that one. I have that one somewhere. Yeah, that, oh, that's the only one you got. And then eventually they made Super Shredder, who, by the way, looked like he, he was about four feet five. <laughs> but he had like all these all these spikes and I'm like this is the shredder I want this will be the this will be a formidable match for my turtle figures uh you know anyway but that's that, that was as much effort that went into that character I mean if you made a ninja turtles 4 how could you ever top vanilla ice's ninja rap I mean really I'm amazed that he was able to come up with that all on the top of his head without <laughs> any context for who they were or what I he was know. seeing or or without stealing a sample from another song and right? hoping he didn't get caught yeah hard to believe uh, Fantastic Four before the Josh Trank disaster? That's fair. You can call it a disaster. They were working on a three because what? those movies made money. What, what would they have done for a three? Do we the even plan know? was they were going to introduce Franklin Richards. Oh, And shit. they were going to fight Annihilus. Damn. Which... On paper sounds amazing. Which, of course, you know, you've seen work... But you know wouldn't have, because they would have gotten, like, John Malkovich to play Annihilus. And Annihilus would have been another big dumb cloud or something. 
Well, he certainly wouldn't have been a robot animal, like a robot insect monster. A, a big bug man. Actually, that's that's fitting. I don't know if you read all new All Avengers number ten, but uh, Annihilus comes back in that. Oh, good. Yeah, he came back. And I'm like, oh, good. Avengers versus Annihilus. I can get behind. I'm this. fucking down. As long as we do a, f I would like to see, and that's what I wanted Infinity to be. I wanted Infinity to be Annihilation two, also Avengers. Uh. We didn't get shit, but whatever. Uh, anyway. uh, that book's even funnier because they kind of foreshadow Annihilus because Tony and his team of Avengers go into space. And it's like, man, Iron Man, I can't believe you had a spaceship liner. I was like, nah, man, this is one of Reed Richards I stole. He doesn't need it. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need it being God or if we even know that that's what they're doing. I don't, I don't know. But I like the idea that Franklin was going to be introduced. I don't know if it was like they were going to have a baby and they were going to name it Franklin. Or if, come from the future. Or if he came from the future. He's like, I'm fucking all-powerful. I am a godchild. How does that make you feel? My soda's having a real problem right now. It's just shooting everywhere. Oh, but really no. slowly, it's a controlled disaster. <laughs> That's why you stick to Sprite, man. It just keeps foaming. It's I, I'm having a problem. <laughs> did, did someone drop some Mentos in your cola? It feels like... Look at this. Look, You can see it. It's happening. Wow. I just have to keep sipping it every once in a while. Anyway, uh, moving on. Spawn 2. Damn, a, a movie that, uh, what is it, McFarlane has been threatening will happen forever. He has basically straight up said, we're, we're going to do it even if i got to make it myself. He's been saying that since Spawn came out. I know he uh, has. I remember being excited for Spawn. And all of the, forgive my illness, by the way, I, I have asthmatic bronchitis, so I'm going to sound oh. like really from Jersey, where it's like, oh man, Spawn, I can't wait for Spawn to come out. Freaking Spawn, man, it's dits. I watched Spawn at the mall. <laughs> I had a tall cup of coffee. I, but, uh, uh, I rented Spawn on VHS back in the day when that was a thing, and I'm like, dude, this is going to be like, you know, like the HBO cartoon, and it oh, wasn't. I saw Spawn in the theater with my mom. Ooh, that's how that's how excited I was for Spawn. Huge yet, fan of Spawn. I read Wizard magazine. I got all these like interviews with uh, with McFarlane talking talking it up, just being like, "Yeah, Spawn, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome." Uh, you know, and seeing the images, by the way, like the costume looked awesome, the cape looked great, the the glowing eyes, Violator looked fantastic. Everything had promise. It's, it's pretty like you know faithful costuming. You can't take that away. Yeah, from it. Uh, Michael J. White. I'm like cool. He he uh, like uh, uh, you've got a stuntman who knows what he's doing. Who's like who, who's also an actor. Cool. And Michael J. White's not bad. You've seen him. He's Black Dynamite, for God's sake. He's Black Dynamite, and he was Gamble in The Dark Knight. Yeah. And I, by the way, first moment, he's like, okay. I'm like, hey, it's Spawn. Yeah. <laughs> Even Black Dynamite. I was like, hey, it's Spawn. Don't forget, <laughs> Michael J. White, you're Spawn. Hey, speaking of which, you know who follows me on Twitter? Fucking Spawn. <laughs> nice. One That's day, cool. about a year or two ago, Michael J. White started following me. That's that's almost as weird as one day out of the blue, Sabrina the Teenage Witch started following me, and I'm like, what Melissa Joan Hart, I... really? Yeah, I'm like, what did I do to fucking deserve... DM her and give her my digits? I... <laughs> Here's the thing, I think she might have done it by accident. It might have been connected to something wrestling I was tweeting about, because apparently she's a pretty huge wrestling fan. Oh shit! Yeah, in fact, she got into a like a big Twitter argument <laughs> with like one of the with one of the current guys, Kevin Owens, who is Canadian. Actually, I own one of his shirts, Kevin Owens. I am a fan. <laughs> I think I, I don't think I would agree with her politics. I don't know much about Melissa Joan Hart except for the, except that she was Clarissa, and I Aunt love Clarissa. Clarissa. Explains it all. So, 
Anyway, moving on. Uh, Spawn Two was a- okay. Spawn was a go- was a garbage movie. It was literally made of garbage, and it was shot with garbage, <laughs> and it made garbage money. It cost I think sixty million to make. It looked like it cost a buck ninety eight. It was you know one of my favorite. You know, one of my favorite bad things about Spawn is the guy pay, uh, playing Cogliestro. Yes, like, Nicole Williams. Yeah, n- no, I won't grow a beard. No, I won't wear a fake beard. Motherfucker was a real actor and really needed the bread. I think he <laughs> died right after that movie. Oh, that's Like, sad. no, he he don't. I'm glad he didn't grow a beard or cut anything or do it. Like, he shouldn't have done a damn thing for that movie. He shouldn't have been in it. But I like, he. if you don't know who Nicole Williams is, by the way, Go watch the 1980s movie Excalibur. He mm. plays Merlin, and it's the it's it's the greatest interpretation He's of really Excalibur and the Arthurian legend you will ever watch. It is like Game of Thrones meets Lord of the Rings, but for real, and it's fucking awesome. Sweet. It's also got practical effects. Patrick Stewart, Liam Neeson, uh, Nicole. It's 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 awesome. Oh, Helen Mirren back when she was like nice. not a milf. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I was gonna say I thought that's always like, oh, she's a Gmail. Well, she's she's a gilf now, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, when, spawn two. When you're done that, kids. Go and watch Caligula with a young. Don't guy. go see Caligula. <laughs> Joel, don't tell people to go see. Don't Caligula. just do that. Uh, somebody just asked, where was Angela in the big crowd scene right before Spawn pulled a Batman through the glass wind uh, glass mirror window. Uh, Angela is in the crowd wearing big spawn earrings. You know, I was like, no! And then Spawn shows up and she doesn't do dick because she doesn't have a character and she wasn't. She was just going to be a joke. But anyway, and to, and to think uh, that character many years later would become a Marvel character. <laughs> I know it's kind of fun. Like you, you point out to your friends who like have no idea what Spawn is. Like, watch Spawn. Like, look, there's Marvel's Angela. How'd they make that happen? It's a long story that involves Heck. Miracle Man. <laughs> Yeah, Neil Gaiman. Heck, uh, friggin' Angela had more to do in that uh, Spawn cartoon, and even then, I don't even think she got a big fight in the Spawn cartoon. They set her up, and then she never got to do anything, because that right. show was canceled. That show was, that show was a thousand times better than the movie, yes, but when you rewatch it, not that great. Season one is stronger than the other Easily. seasons. Season one is focused. It has a beginning, middle, and an end. Season two where they're like, we can do whatever we want, because we're never going to get canceled. HBO. Canceled. But yeah. Season uh, three has the most annoying cliffhanger because after Spawn being emo Spawn the whole season, he basically comes in and says, okay, Cogliestro, I'm, I'm ready to get to work. I'm ready to get my humanity back canceled. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. Uh, but like Spawn 2, the plan, the, the thing that Todd McFarlane's been saying, and every, every once in a while I see an article where they're like, Spawn 2, and I'm like, let me guess. Did Todd McFarlane say it was going to be darker, edgier, R-rated, Spawn mm. was going to be a mythic character that doesn't really appear, but when he does, he does fucked up shit, and if possible, you'll direct it, you have to write it, and, like, all the same shit you've been saying since 1990-fucking-seven. We, we got to hear this again just recently after Deadpool did big at the box office. I'm pretty sure McFarlane poked his head out of his toy factory. Yeah. And he's, he's like, oh, R-rated comic book movies are in, you say? Well, let me tell you about Spawn, okay? And then yeah. he sang the same song and dance that he's been yeah. doing since How the How about 90s. you goddamn make it then, you dipshit? No, he's, he's too busy getting involved in gaming companies that go bankrupt and also tank whole states with their failure. Yeah. And hey, the joke that used to be for Tom McFarlane was he bought balls. He used to buy baseballs. He bought Mark McGuire's fake uh, 
cheated balls. Only to have the record broken the next year. Literally. He lost a lot of money. Todd McFarlane makes a lot of bad business decisions <laughs> if you can't see. The man isn't very good with his money. Not especially. But he keeps it. He's still, I mean, he makes great toys. You know, it's another reason he probably couldn't make that movie. He was too busy getting sued by everybody in his life. That's probably a problem. I feel bad for him in that regard, because, like, named his character Terry Fitzgerald after his best fucking friend. Yep. And Terry Fitzgerald wanted, like, Sir restitution. I'm like, just be happy the character's named after you, man. Like, what are you doing? E even more so than that, you know, of course, you know Tony Twist, Tony of course. Tony Twist, the hockey player who was also the mob boss, didn't like the fact that people were associating him with a mob. Oh, that no. dude won. Actually, that, that was the first topic on my show I do over on NerdSync, Super Suits. That's I right. went into that. Tony Twist won and won big, too. He got a lot of money out of him for that. Yeah, well, that was back when Todd had a lot of money to burn. Yeah, he had a lot more money to give up in settlements. He made the right choice to sue him at the height. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the reason for the thumbnail, the thumbnail that we chose for this episode is kind of apropos because it is literal concept art from the formerly in production Spider-Man 4. Oh, yes. The one that would have had uh, the Vulture and maybe Black Cat. Yes, it. or the Vultress. Yes. Because they were the... saying that apparently the plan was Anne, ha Anne Hathaway... Before she well, was ironically. Catwoman, she was going to be Black Cat, Felicia Hardy, but she was going to be the daughter of the Vulture. But Whoa. then it turns out they were doing a lot of, like, concept art and script retooling for her to play the Vultress when Spider-Man intentionally murdered the Vulture, <laughs> who would have been played by either John Malkovich or Ben Kingsley at one point or another. Uh, I, I heard the Malkovich thing. Now that I would pay good money to see John Malkovich, respected actor, in a bird suit stealing <laughs> people's youth. Listen, I've seen a respected actor in a bird suit, and his name is Michael Keaton, and we might just see mm. that again. <laughs> I know, right? That's the thing where it's like, well, who should play this vulture guy? Uh, Keaton, he did it once before. I don't know about that bird man. Let's make it happen. It's weird that they would do that. I feel like it's a little too on the nose, and it, it's weird that Michael Keaton would say yes, and I feel like that's just a little too, like, ka-ching. Michael Keaton wants some of that Marvel money, though. He wants a recurring gig in the Marvel Universe. Then he should play Norman fucking Osborn. Oh, that would be fun. I remember when that casting was a rumor, too. It's like, yeah, but what if Keaton was Norman Osborn? Though? I heard what if Matthew McConaughey was going to be Norman Osborn. Hey, 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 Gobulin Grain. Hey, I would have hey, been hey. okay with Nor with Matthew McConaughey as Norman Osborn. Like, I, uh, I don't think he's old enough. <laughs> yeah, like kind of like a former oil baron. <laughs> well... Will he schlub up for it is the thing. Will he get, like, will he get his hair to part? Will he put on a couple pounds for the role? I don't want handsome, muscular McConaughey as Norman Osborn. I mean, like, the dude is, when he believes in the project, he goes method. Like, if you watch he Reign does. of Fire, you know that what happened what, before Lincoln commercials and Academy Awards, Matthew McConaughey was a huge joke. And yes, he was. A, a shirtless bongo-playing joke. And I've always maintained... If you've ever watched Reign of Fire, it's an amazing movie. It's, it's got great dragons. actors. It's well-directed, good CG. It's Everyone considered it to be a joke. It's a solid fucking picture. First five minutes, if you're not hooked, fuck you. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Matthew McConaughey play is like goddamn Marlon Brando in that movie. <laughs> and I guarantee you, he gets the script. And he's like, all right, all right, all right. What script did I get today? And they're like, in this movie, look, Matt, you don't want this. You're trying to get, like, you're, you're trying to Lincoln lawyer it up. You're trying to get, like, respect in this business. Mm -hmm. You play a guy in, a, in a, an apocalyptic future where you hunt dragons and they hire you to kill this other dragon. Oh, my God. You mean to tell I, me I get to kill dragons? I had a dream like that once, and now I can make it happen. They're like, 
And then he just goes into a trance, goes into his tr- into his apartment or house or whatever, shaves his head, overnight grows a beard, <laughs> shows up on set in the costume that he wears in Reign of Fire, including the dragon teeth, which he pulled from, like, endangered species at a zoo. Nice. And he's like, let's do this. <laughs> I'm ready to make this happen. And they're like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> man, when an actor gets too involved in their yeah. role. <laughs> which, which from what I understand that's how uh, Margot Robbie that's how they're saying how she's getting into that Harley Quinn role where she's like no I love this I read all the comics I hired a writer to write a spin-off Harley Quinn movie that's cool good for her she's yeah. a good actress I'd like to see her do that I- I'm happy to see someone get passionate about the role they're playing unlike all the other people yeah, in this I'm excited film to see, universe yeah I'm excited to see a DC actor be excited about playing their character you know, is it any, you know, coincidence that this is a character who's funny and can laugh and doesn't take themselves seriously? You know, uh, we're not going to get into it, but... Uh, that, 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 benchmark that topic for when Suicide yeah. Squad gets closer. Uh, Spider-Man 4, Sam Raimi directing, uh, Love Triangle with Felicia Hardy, which sucks because they just... Like, Spider-Man literally punched Mary Jane across a room, yep. and then they, I guess, make up at the end? I don't know. They uh they they had shot themselves in the foot it was way just too waste. hard at the at the end of three. <laughs> it's like the the series was dead at three. Like they had dra- driven the stake through the heart. Yeah, there was nothing they could have done. And on top of it, the studio was souring on Raimi. There was a lot of bad blood between them. Raimi was not shy about saying, you know, they ruined my movie. They made me put venom in. They made me yep. do all this other. You stuff might even say it's not even they. It might even just have been RVR ad, the toy biz yeah. man, but. That said, Spider-Man 4 would have been kind of fun to watch, but it also would have been pretty goddamn awful. People would have been yeah. like, didn't you learn the lesson? It would have been the Batman and Robin of the Spider-Man franchise. But I mean, hey, at least we got uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and that was a great series that stuck around and, you know, test of time, didn't it? Yeah. I really liked Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I, I liked didn't. The, I liked the, he made quips. The suit looked, the, the second suit, Amazing Spider-Man 2, the suit looked better than his, any his, of the his, other movies. His quips weren't funny. The movies were a mess on he top of it. He at least quipped. Tobey Maguire cried and danced. That's all he does in those movies. <laughs> Cries and dances. When he doesn't cry, he dances. I don't want either of that shit. And, <laughs> he, and, and X-Play, Peter Parker quit that shit in the second one. The second one's a mess, by the way. Second Amazing Spider-Man. But... Which, which is which is an unpopularly held opinion to you because most people would argue that the second one was the best one. I like the second one. I, I mean, I don't like it like I like Civil War or fucking Iron Man, but I enjoyed it enough. I thought it was like I was I was I didn't want it to succeed because I wanted them to get Spider-Man back, but I was also like it was okay. The suit looks good. He's having fun. I love Emma Stone. Too bad she's dead. Uh. But oh no, I, oh no! I meant like the second Raimi one, the Doc Ock, oh, not yeah. the Electro one. Oh no! That's we're gonna have to hash this one out as it gets closer to Civil War. We're gonna have to have the big <laughs> Spider-Man movie themed episode all yeah. to itself. Yeah, we could do that. That'd be fun. Another one we haven't brought up yet, and one that you didn't have on the list: uh, yeah. the Nicolas Cage Superman movie that almost materialized. Technically, that wasn't a sequel; that was a whole movie in and of itself. But it was definitely a failed project. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If you ever want to watch uh, John Schnepp's documentary, whatever happened amazing to amazing documentary? It's a great documentary. It's very very cool. I actually got to meet John Schnepp and congratulate oh, him on the on the movie. I was like, dude, I've been here about this movie forever you and i had the same fucking information 
like, I can't believe you got that picture of him actually in the original Superman suit. Footage, like actual video footage from behind the scenes. Yeah, of him with that electric bullshit. I was like, this is fucking nuts. He got taken to Tim Burton's castle and got to talk to Tim Burton. Yeah. If you you would like to have fun reading a script, read Kevin Smith's Superman Lives movie. Because, no, watch an evening with Kevin Smith's conversation about Mm. the Superman movie, then read it. Because even despite the Thanagarian Snare Beast and the Polar Bears... Giant Spider... There are some really, really kind of cool and fun cameos, references, and stuff that Kevin Smith's like, you're Warner Brothers, you own all these characters. Like, no, we're going to see Wonder Woman, we're going to see, like, Batman, we're going to see all this shit. Like, it's going to be in the movie, because there's no reason for it not to be. A movie to which he himself even said in the interview of the documentary was like, yeah, I was just making one giant two-hour wank fest. Yeah, and you know what? It would have been unbelievable. (laughs) It would have been the Avengers of our time back then. Yep, but didn't happen. Tim Burton doesn't necessarily have a castle, by the way, Leo. It's it's more that he has a very cold, drafty black house. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it looked like a castle. I'm sure he has gargoyles on the outside standing watch. Yeah. And now, by the way, there are many different movies that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about, but I'm going to round out the list with another Superman movie that did have a sequel that was almost in development that would never have been an apology for it. And that was Superman Returns sequel. Yeah. Uh, this would have included Brainiac at long which, last. Which, how, can you believe that it's 2016? We've had how many Superman movies now and none of them have had Brainiac? We literally have a, have a Superman movie in which Lex Luthor takes control of a Kryptonian spacecraft. And the Kryptonian spacecraft has an artificial intelligence on board that interacts with and integrates G. Uh, uh, biologically with yeah. him and yep. it still isn't brainiac dude i thought i even thought in man of steel they missed the mark when like uh when lara's talking to one of those little ai robots and i'm like why couldn't that have three dots and been brainiac why why couldn't that thing have been brainiac i was kind of hoping that jor-el was going to turn out to be brainiac in the fucking hallucin in the in the in the fake uh, ghost dad stuff wouldn't that have been some shit then that would have explained why brainiac was giving him bad advice the whole time not only that but then it would have been kind of cool to keep russell crowe around in your movie he plays brainiac then you have the whole element of like i'm fighting my dad but he's not really my dad he's just a stupid ghost machine he just stole his face yeah that's a cool movie again missed opportunity uh, but that Just said, like everything. Superman Returns was gonna, was, was, the, well, here's the thing. A lot of people don't remember. Superman Returns made money. Superman Returns made its money back. Superman Returns turned a profit. It, it had a ton of merchandise, I remember, to bring it back to the slushy thing before. I remember yeah. 7-Eleven had kryptonite green Mountain Dew slushies, they which sure I did. had they more had... than a few because I was trying to collect all the holographic glasses. <laughs> they had a lot of, uh... Uh, action figures in which Brandon Routh Superman was dealing with kryptonite and crap. Kryptonite appears in the movie. Uh, it's beautifully shot. It's well-directed. Brandon Routh is breathless as Superman. I like their Lois Lane. I especially love Franklin Chilla's Lex, uh, uh, Perry White. I think Kevin Spacey's a great Lex Luthor. Uh, wrong. He's great. Wrong. He's amazing. Uh, He's, he he would have been my number one pick. It was just like, okay, cast Lex Luthor now. I'm like, Kevin Space. Yeah, just do it again. Uh, but so missed the mark. This one, same deal. The problem was going to be that Brainiac was going to 
manipulate and impregnate or or, or take control over Jason Lane, uh-huh, Clark Kent's little, illegitimate son, and play up the Jesus metaphor in which Superman would have had to battle and kill his own begotten son. Wow. For the sake of mankind. Wow. That's, whoa. That's not just on, that's not even on the nose. That's just like, what the fuck are you even doing? The, the feel-good summer event movie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Superman must kill his own son. Just awful. Just awful. First of all, nobody wants to see Superman with a kid, unless it's in the Super Sun com- yes. comic, or uh, in this Unless one his right name now. is Jonathan White, and he's actually pretty cool. Yes, or, uh... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Kent. Oh, yeah. Which is technically Zod's kid, but I love that character. I'm so sad we lost him. Uh, but yeah, uh, don't make your summer, don't hinge your summer blockbusters on your young, single, cool, hip Mm -hmm. superheroes having little kids. Don't ruin your movies with your kid, with these little kids. Kids... Don't want to be the little kid in the movie. They want to be the superhero in the movie. That's the thing. They don't. N- no one wanted to be, you know, the ride along character. They wanted to be the actual character. Yeah. It took a long time for anybody to want to be Robin. Yeah, it's true. They People want to be Batman. That's why and, I like Tim Drake. I like Tim Drake because Tim Drake was like, "I'm here to be Robin." And yeah, I'm like, I, I want this job. Yeah, like I'm making, Ro- I'm owning Robin, and I'm making it cool. And I'm like, yeah, Robin is cool. All right, and, I never and, wanted and, to be Robin until Tim Drake. And now he's back to wearing a costume that looks like his old costume. But he never was Robin, though. I know. And the costume sucks. And he's still called Red Robin. Fucking dumb. Fucking but it's better. Fucking but it's, what? But it's better than the dumb bird suit, though. So I'll take it. Is it? <laughs> it is. To me, to me, it's a hundred times better. It's better than, than looking suit. like a jackass in a suit, like in a bird suit, but it's not as good as, like, the original Red Robin costume. I, I know you haven't read the new Detective Comics yet, but there's literally a line of dialogue where Batman basically says, man, you know, Tim Drake is one of the best tactical minds we have going in the DC universe. We sure did underutilize him, didn't we, and all these <laughs> other shitty teams and stuff that went nowhere. Hey, Tim, how would you like to come work closer to me now and actually live up to your potential? Hey Tim, how about you were always a Robin? How about <laughs> well, you were a How about you were the only decent Robin that wanted to be Robin? One was an orphan kid that was Stockholm syndrome, into being Robin. Another <laughs> one was a dead kid, and the other one actually he stole tires and car stereo. Yeah, another was a punk who died in the desert after being beaten by a clown with a crowbar, with a crowbar and then blown up next to his mom, and then became an edge lord villain when he came back. Boo! And then there was a kid who was like a, a, a computer whiz and yeah. just inve- and figured and, and earned the Robin mantle by figuring out who Batman was and then realized that Batman was... Ah, let's not talk about Tim Drake. We'll talk about Robins in the future. Point being... Surprised Tim we Drake haven't got a Robin-themed episode. Yeah. Uh, we could do a Robin... We could do a whole Robin episode. We'll get Faust in here. We'll just Robin the crap out of the show. Dude, sidekick episode in general. Yeah, a sidekicks. Yeah, that's a good one. But anyway, uh, there's a lot of movies that almost had sequels that we didn't get a chance to talk about, and maybe we'll do a sequel to that as well. Or maybe a they'll... sequel to this episode. Or maybe it'll be an abandoned sequel. We'll have to talk about it in another episode. That may or may not happen. We'll see. But, uh... I mean, I mean, geez, you know, what, what do you constitute sequels, or do you constitute movies they were going to make that didn't get made? Like, uh, like Superman Flyby, that J.J. Abrams one yeah. that almost happened but didn't. 
There's a, I mean, like, I, there's definitely another huge list of movies that just didn't get, didn't happen, like uh, no. Darren Aronofsky's Batman Year One, or yep. the Clint Eastwood starring Dark Knight Returns movie. Oh my God, how perfect would that be? Get off my lawn, you mutants! <laughs> yeah, just Gran Torino with a bat suit. Uh, uh, so I, I would watch it. You know, back where I'm from in Gotham, we stack you mutants six miles high. <laughs> so. There you have it, everybody. This is the Elseworlds Exchange talking about abandoned superhero movie sequels that we never got a chance to see, for better or worse. I want to thank my co-host, Joel, for joining us as always, and be sure to check out Cape Joel on YouTube. And if you're watching us or listening to us on the podcast, be sure to check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else the podcasts are found and listened to. And we'll catch Mm -hmm. you guys on the flip on Elseworlds Exchange. Thanks a lot for watching, everybody. I am Sal. I am Joel. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.